to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be reacting to Week 10 for fantasy and talking about the fantasy implications of Week 10, just like we did last week in this show. And then we will be giving our top five waiver wire pickups ranked for each of us. Both Chris and I will be giving those. And then we'll get, be giving one sleeper each as well. And this is our second reaction and waiver show. We did one last week and I like having shows split up into two shows a week. And this is the second week we've done it. And so far, I mean, we've had two shorter shows, but I like being able to give waiver wire picks on the podcast instead of writing like urgent ads and stuff. So this way we can have a waiver show out on Tuesday, then a regular show out on Thursday. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've liked this. I've liked this format a lot. And I think Chris, you have too. Yeah, I really enjoyed this format. I think it's kind of fun. The episodes are a little bit shorter, but I feel like we can give a little bit of deeper analysis, you know, without yeah. letting it get too long. Because I feel like if we do that in the big show, then it gets a little bit too long. But and there's a lot. It's I like doing this whole week ten reaction thing. Yeah, I like it too. And we're about to do it. And let's get started. So, uh, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Jacobs, Naheem Hines, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara. Those names don't really seem to have much significance when I just read them out. But they have all had like. They're like seven of the eight best games this week or something like that. They all had big games. And I mean, for guys like Kamara, Murray, it's kind of expected. But like, let's talk about the guys that we didn't really expect. Brady, Roethlisberger, Jacobs, Hines, Swift. Those are the players we're going to focus on. And I think Tom Brady, he really like, just when people were starting to trust him as a solid fantasy starter, he really busted against the Saints. But he came back in a big way against the Panthers, scoring 46 points or that offense scored 46 points, and he got, like, 31 fantasy points. So, yeah, Chris, I was really impressed with him bouncing back. But then again, he's got, like, Antonio Brown playing a full snap share now, and so there's three stud receivers. So it wasn't couldn't have been too hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, we know he's a great quarterback. He's got a few weapons now, and I think he's just going to continue to get better and better. Panthers' defense looked a little bit rough, though. I think Tom Brady really figured out their secondary. and I, they, It was a huge rebound win after they really struggled in, in Week 9. And so I think that that's a really good sign for his uh, prospects going forward. I was kind of scared after that nine performance that maybe it wasn't what we thought he was, but I think he kind of reminded us all who he is, that he's Tom Brady. And I think he'll be back for the rest of the season. Yeah. I had forgotten who he was for a second, but yeah, you're right. He's now back to like a solid fantasy starter once again. And whoever bought Brady low, that was pretty good. Pretty good decision there. And Ben Roethlisberger, who has been fine this year, Really, 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 really broke out for the Steelers this week in their resounding win over the Bengals. So, I don't know, Chris. This is one I think that's less likely to continue. But, I mean, it's still a good sign for Roethlisberger fantasy owners. I think he's probably a borderline top 15 guy going forward. Oh, yeah. I think he's definitely a QB1 for sure. Ooh, okay. I mean, yeah, he's been pretty good so far. And the Steelers are 9-0. and So, I mean, that's good. More than halfway to 16-0. Yeah. They get the Jags mm-hmm. next week, I believe. Wait, let me see. Yeah, yeah I think Roethlisberger has been really good. I mean, he's he hasn't been actually he hasn't been great, but I think he's just going to continue to get better and better, especially with Deontay Johnson back. He likes to look to him, and I feel like it really opens up the game for the rest of his receivers too. Yeah, and then Josh Jacobs, Naheem Hines, DeAndre Swift. Josh Jacobs really had big games early in the season. But what was interesting is that he could have had a big four touchdown game, except for Devontae Booker. Also had a really good game. He scored both running backs scored over 20. You really don't see that that often. Booker got about like 16 carries, 70 yards, two touchdowns, somewhere in that range. But it was all garbage time because the Raiders absolutely dominated the Broncos. So I don't think you need to worry about Devontae Booker for Josh Jacobs owners, other than being the occasional touchdown stealer. 
But, like, it was good to see Josh Jacobs get back on track, and I think he's solidified his status as a really good fantasy option. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs, we were, again, another guy that we were getting nervous about, so this is really big that he was did so well, and I think that that's, that's a good sign of things to hopefully come for him, especially if you want to just pick him up and throw him in. I mean, Josh Jacobs had some injury t- trouble late in the season last year, so maybe we could see a repeat of that. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's definitely worth a flyer. I mean, he definitely has some interesting things to look at. And then, I mean, you know, so I think that this isn't going to continue production from two running backs, but it's a really promising sign for that, where that Raiders offense is trending right now. Yeah, and then we'll skip over Naheem Hines for now because we've got him in another part of the reaction. But DeAndre Swift, he also did really well. He got a lot of touches against Washington, and he delivered for like 23 fantasy points. He was, I mean, he wasn't crazy efficient, but I think he had something like 14 carries for 64 yards. So he was pretty efficient. And it was good to see him getting like chunks of yardage for fantasy owners. He's been a bit inconsistent, but when he's been on, he's looked very, very good. Maybe even better than some people expected him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did look very good. And uh, I mean, DeAndre Swift is interesting because we hadn't really, we'd seen him had one good game, but uh, I think he kind of cooled down after that and people weren't sure. The Lions offense, I don't know if it's one that you can necessarily trust, but guys, remember, DeAndre Swift was the number one running back for most people going into the draft. He's a really talented running back. So if he can find some holes and if he's playing, I think he's going to be pretty matchup dependent. I don't think the Lions have a good enough offensive line to handle a really good uh, front four, but I think that when he has a good matchup, he's going to be able to get some good points. So keep an eye out for that, especially if you have him on your team. I think he's pretty much a flex play from now on out, but uh, definitely in the bigger matchups. Maybe you can consider him putting over your RB2 or something. I don't know. All right. Yeah, and then actually let's talk about Hines now on second thought. Uh, Just changing the way the show goes as I please because I am the host, unlike last week when Chris was the host. And, yeah, yeah, Chris, you know, when you were the host, you could have done, like, whatever you wanted. You do realize you had all the power. So, wait. But, yeah, you didn't go crazy. So, I respect Mm -hmm. your discipline. Um, Naheem Hines, he scored 26 fantasy points, and we'll talk about why that number is significant in a little bit. But uh, it was – he got two touchdowns. It was a lot from that, but he's been the pass catching back in Indianapolis's offense for most of the year. So if he can solidify himself to be the running back too, that's like crazy fantasy value. If the Colts, the Colts' offense hasn't been too bad, or they, they were very good against Tennessee. And I mean, like Hines got 12 carries and five receptions. If he can keep that workload, like that's a lot. That's tremendous upside. I don't know if he'll be able to keep it because Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Taylor, but like he was clearly the number one guy in that game. And that's what I liked to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I basically agree with everything you said. <laughs> yeah, no way. I was remembering back in the first year of the league. Like I was, I mean, still good at fa- very good at fantasy, not like fantasy expert level. Cause that was two years ago. But what happened was like last two rounds, I decided like my team's already stacked and I won the league that year because I've also picked up James Conner. Why don't I just grab two sleepers, which I did. They were Michael Gallup and Naheem Hines who didn't really work out that year. Michael Gallup had his had his glory last year and now it's Naheem Hines' turn. So it's just a little bit of nostalgia. I never- Yeah, I mean, Naheem Hines, he's, he's really surprising because you know, you think, hey, Jonathan Taylor, maybe he's going to do something Jordan Wilkins, but nope, it's Naheem Hines instead. Who cares that they drafted Jonathan Taylor in the second pick of the second round? I mean, it doesn't really matter. It should go to Naheem Hines, so I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, and I and just realized something. I did say two in the last two rounds, I did not pick either a defense or a kicker, and uh, I apologize. <laughs> but, I mean, there is an argument, I feel like, to be made for ki- picking a kicker early. Not really a defense, but, like, I mean, if you listened to our draft preview, I did make an argument for picking a kicker early, just because it's so – they're really that e- very easy to predict. Like, Young Way Koo, I'm taking so many victory laps about him. That was the easiest prediction ever. He was good last year. He's going to be good this year, and nobody else respected him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah, make sense. And, and you, got him in, you got him in the last round too, right? No, I got him in the 15th because I didn't realize you had Justin Tucker, and you threatened to take Young Way Koo. And so I took Young Way Koo around early, and it was still worth it because he's been so good. And I didn't want anyone else. I just took Blake Jarwin in the last round too just got hurt in the first game of the season so it didn't really make a difference but yeah that didn't really go anywhere but here's why 26 is significant the half ppr points it's more points than philip Lindsay, travis fulcom austin hooper tj hawkinson marquise brown evan ingram uh jonathan taylor michael thomas dk metcalf or no not austin hooper in this group but and aj brown uh, the, everyone i said except austin hooper all of them combined scored less than Naheem Hines. And uh, the guys we're talking about, the guys that scored under four who were important were most of these guys. But it was Philip Lindsay, Travis Fulcom, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, Marquise Brown, Evan Ingram, Curtis Samuel, and Noah Fant. Also Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf, and AJ Brown. But let's start with the last three because I think they're the most significant. All three of these guys, like we talked about last week, how we thought AJ Brown was a rest of season wide receiver one. And he has had, a, he just had a really bad game. I think that's fluky. Metcalf's bad game, I think, was fluky. He was being shut down by the Rams' pass defense, which is really good. But I think Michael Thomas might be the most concerning. Chris, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would agree. Michael Thomas, he just hasn't shown that connection with Drew Brees. Now Drew Brees is out. I mean, that is huge. We probably should have included that news. Minimum. It has, a t- it has a ton. I mean, reaction is that it has a ton of fantasy impact because now Kamara, I'm worried about Kamara without Drew Brees because I don't think you can trust who's going to be there. I mean, could we see some Taysom Hill action? A lot more Taysom Hill. He's they didn't play. They did not name a starter for next week. Taysom Hill, guys. That's like maybe I should have had Taysom Hill as my deep sleeper. Well, I had him last week as well. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're giving me a pat on the back, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, I did not expect Drew Brees to get hurt, but wait, let's see how many points Taysom Hill scored in fantasy. I don't think it was zero. I, I know he got some, but I mean. That'd be interesting. I think Jameis should, should start, but and I think Hill should be used a lot. But like it's oh wait, you could also start oh, Taysom Hill. At Taysom Hill, he used to just be classified as a tight end. Now he's also classified as a quarterback, as if anyone would start him at quarterback. But he got two point five, so that's actually not 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 terrible. But I said he was a deep sleeper, and he was playing San Francisco. So he had eight catches for forty five yards. They have an average pass defense. Wait, eight catches? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. That's what it eight says. carries for 45 yards, and he lost a fumble. Oh, yeah. Oops. So 2.5. Jeez. Wait, eight carries for 45 yards? Yeah, but he lost a fumble. <laughs> Wait, that's good if he plays quarterback two and wide receiver. No, he's not wide receiver. He's a tight end on ESPN. His primary. I know, but if he plays quarterback and wide receiver as well, I might pick up Taysom Hill. Guys, I mean. I already I, have I Austin Hooper and early preview. He's my. If I had to pick a second, I mean. He's not as – actually, he's a really deep sleeper. He's my second deep sleeper. My other guy is even deeper, but uh, – Let's see. Your your guy – your sleeper is owned in 2. 0.2% of ESPN leagues. My guy is owned in 2.6. Let's see how many Taysom Hill is owned in. And if he's owned in more than 3%, I'm taking credit. 
Okay, sounds good. Five percent. Five percent. I'm taking credit for this. He's owned in two point. Wait, that's so sad. Let's just. Re- okay. He was Calvin. He was owned in two point five percent, and then after you said it, he was owned in five percent. Oh yeah, he went up two point five percent this week on ESPN. No, this is so sad. Our two deep sleepers who are actually good are owned. Well, Taysom Hill's good, but like owned in two point two percent of ESPN leagues less combined than Taysom Hill. Oh, these people are ridiculous. Okay. Well, anyway, next piece of our. Well, actually, do you want to move on? I think DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. I think those are just routine miss games. But I think there's one more guy we should talk about, right? Like, I mean, TJ Hawkinson also routine miss. Marquise Brown's just not that actually, good. But... I don't know if it's worth it to pick up Taysom Hill because I think James is going to. <laughs> you were. I was talking about the, the show doc, and you were clearly still focusing on Taysom Hill. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, routine flukes. Evan Ingram, that was just a fluke. Marquise Brown's not that good. TJ Hawkinson was a fluke. <laughs> Philip Lindsay, I'm concerned because he hasn't really played well in the last couple games. Yeah, and the workload wasn't there, which is even more nerving for me. I mean, yeah, I think the Broncos were just, they've been riding him for three straight years, and he's been so efficient that for a couple games he stumbled, and they're just like, that's our excuse to write him out of the offense. Because mm-hmm. they yep. wanted to do that for so long. And then. Uh, Travis Fulcom, that is interesting because with Jalen Raker coming back, I think Travis Fulcom is going to, he's not going to be as good. He's no longer a must start every single week. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. There. Slurpy slurp. Wait, what was that? <laughs> oh no, not this again. It's a piece of paper that I'm just jiggling. Okay. Well, it's making noise on the mic. So could you please stop? Sounds like you're eating a bag. You're eating the bag of chips. <laughs> no, it's just a piece of paper. All right. Well, last reaction. Chris's team is absolute garbage. He has set the official low record for a non-AFK. Oh, I shouldn't call it AFK. Away from keyboard. That doesn't really fit. For a team that actually substituted their lineup and tried their hardest in a week. He got 52.14 and half PPR, which is our lowest for half PPR or standard. For a team that was trying, I believe. I think No, I think there were a standard that was lower. Okay, well, yeah, so far this year, I mean, 52.4. Chris has really hurt his chances for the playoffs because we have a points tiebreaker in case, like, there's a tie in records, and he just dropped behind so many people, and there's five, five, and five teams, and he's behind, like, three of them. Yeah, uh, let's just say that I didn't have a single player that scored over seven points except for Teddy Bridgewater. And he traded Drew Brees to me that week, this week. So if he had kept Drew Brees, he literally would have scored – oh, wait, how much would you have scored? He would, have, would scored, have scored 40. No, no, you would – wait, hold on. You would have yeah, scored – Yeah, I had 52, and yeah, yeah, wait, Teddy Bridgewater so, got 19. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater scored 12.1 more. So you would have scored 40.4, like legitimately, because you wouldn't have had Teddy Bridgewater had you started Drew Brees. Uh-huh, yeah. Legitimately 40.4. <laughs> Mike Davis, Giovanni Bernard, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Jared Cook – Melvin Gordon, Giants defense, Justin Tucker. Oh, yeah, Jared Cook scored zero. I should have put him in, him in my tweet about the, uh, you know, about, like, the combined points. Mm-hmm. I can, I tweeted out the Naheem Hines thing. Yeah. Oh, my. Wait. Hurt. And then there's – and then on my bench, guys, you'd think it would get better on my bench. Well, just saying, I have Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and oh. Joe Mixon out. So, that's – Chris? Wait, sorry. I'm, I'm freaking out now because just as we did this, Matthew Barry tweeted out, 
This is his tweet 43 seconds ago. FYI, in light of the Breeze news on at ESPN Fantasy, Taysom Hill has been given QB eligibility effective immediately. We saw that. He currently qualifies as tight end. If Hill plays primarily at QB using snap count data and our team sees that continuing, we reserve the right to remove his tight end eligibility. No! No, he's no longer eligible! He's not going to play. He doesn't even play tight end. That was the most bogus classification ever. He got eight carries and had no catches last game. How was he a tight end? <laughs> yeah, I've, I have no idea. Wait, so, wait, but that means for this week he's still a tight end, right? Yeah, for this week. What's, what's his matchup? Oh, man. What's his I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. I don't think he's really worth it that much. Let's see. I think his matchup might be good. Let's see. I think I remember it being good. Let's see. I'll just look at Drew Brees' matchup as a shortcut. Because I'm having my fantasy team. Oh, Atlanta! 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 Calvin, are you going to consider picking him up? No, because I already have Austin Hooper as my backup. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we spent wait, a lot Calvin. of time on Taysom Hill this show. Calvin, Let's... wait. Here's a question. Should I put Kate? Should I put Kalen Balazs as my number one waiver art pickup or Taysom Hill? <laughs> <laughs> you actually putting Taysom Hill on your list? Oh, no. I... You were joking. No, no. Like, on, like, for my team. Oh, my gosh. Really? No, Chris, relax. No one's going to add Taysom Hill in our league. Nobody in our league I... listens to I feel like Austin's going to. No, he's not. He's not smart enough. <laughs> if Austin's listening to the show, <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Austin's plenty smart, but I, it, he, he doesn't. He hasn't been listening to the show lately. I don't think you'll be fine. Maybe I don't think Austin's number one would be Taysom Hill. That would be weird. Yeah, exactly, Chris. You'll be fine. Nobody's gonna claim Taysom Hill. I'm dropping Zach Moss, and I'm probably gonna drop Teddy B. <laughs> Teddy B, who just got you 19. Yeah, but he's going to get injured, and I have Matt Ryan already. I'll what do you mean he's going to get injured? No, he <laughs> is. He just blurts out that clip. Like, like, yeah, he's, he's going to get injured. No, Calvin, he is injured. He is? No, it said it wasn't serious. Yeah, but still, he might not play. He's going to be a little bit banged up. I'm getting, I'm starting Matt Ryan. Okay, so let's move on to waiver wire. Waiver wire. Okay, waiver wire. And this is kind of sad just because... The waiver wire class is so stacked because it's so ridiculous that these players are owned in 40% of leagues or less. We literally brought down the criteria for our waiver wire, mm-hmm. toughened it up because we didn't want to do the 50% like little guys like that, like that are not even really waiver wire. But this is ridiculous. This class is so good. And I would have expected like all five of these, all five of these should be owned in more than 40% of ESPN leagues now entering this week. And they're not. Mm-hmm. None of them are. None of them are really even close. None of them are even over like 30. Or none of them are over like 31 or something like that. Anyway. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm still set on Taysom Hill. Clear I'm- number one pickup. Wade Goleman. How has he not been added? He scored 13 or more fantasy points in each of the last three games. Come on, guys. Come on. Add Wayne yeah, Goleman now. He's the clearly Even back- he, guys, I will admit that it, you maybe he shouldn't be number one. You you might say maybe he shouldn't be number one. No, he's one been twelve point seven or more in four straight. Well, but here's the thing: he's going on by this week, so maybe you say he shouldn't be number one. But here's the thing, guys: Freeman's I at will- least out next week, maybe or, or the week after the bye, maybe longer. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Even when Devontae Freeman comes back, he exactly. I Wayne Goldman is going to be the number one. You think Devontae Freeman, who did absolutely nothing in the starting role? 
Well, I mean, Gallman didn't really do much last week. I don't th know if it's going to be the clear number one, but I think he's going to still have a role for sure. And, I mean, he was facing a tough Philly run defense this week, and he did well against Definitely worth the number one pickup, defense. though, especially with, with Devontae Freeman for sure probably out at least one more game for uh, Wayne Gallman. This is the worst out of all of them that I've seen. He's rostered in 30.5% of leagues. 30.5! Like, these other guys I can somewhat understand. Wayne Gallman is rostered in 35% of ESPN leagues. He has scored five touchdowns in the past four games. He has had at least 13 touches in each of those games. His touch counts have been 15, 13, 15, 19. Like, guys, what's not to like? What is not to like? He has had at least well, I'm trying to figure out what else to say. He's um I don't know. It's like it's just look at the production, guys. Come on. Even if he doesn't score a touchdown, like he's still the starting running back on a team for four straight weeks. Three, because Freeman got hurt in week seven. He's been the starter for the next three. I yeah, I dropped him and added him. I've actually added him three different times before trading him because I dropped him thinking Freeman was coming back. Like Guys, he should be owned by now in, like, 70% of leagues. Yeah, I mean, Calvin, I've got to agree with you. It's so stupid. Um, And he's our number one for both of us. Our number two is where it changes, though. And this is also stupid. I mean, I guess people – actually, this isn't stupid. Because people thought maybe Jordan Howard would take over the role. But, no, it's been all Salvin Ahmed. That's all it's been, really. And last week, 21 carries, 85 yards, a score. That's – Good enough for me. I mean, he caught a target for five yards as well. I mean, with Matt Breida out, Matt Breida may not come back next week. He actually, I'm not really sure. I think he's probably about 50-50 at this point. But even if he comes back, Salvin Ahmed is still going to have a role in the offense. He's only rostered in 7% of ESPN leagues, which is a little bit worrisome, but it's not as bad as the Gallman pick. I just think you should... Try to add him, and I'm putting him this high because he's a running back. Like my top three picks are all running backs because I assume that teams are more needy at running back than wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean running back is definitely not as not where nowhere near as deep as wide receiver because in wide it's receiver very deep this have week. A, oh. yeah, wide receiver twos can have a big role. Wide receiver threes can have even have a role to be warrant being picked up, but a lot of times running back twos don't really warrant being picked up. Well, running back threes for sure. So there's normally running back isn't as deep. So when you find guys like Wayne Gallman, Kalen Balaj, Salvin Ahmed on the waiver wire. Yeah, Balaj was on our thing last week. And we literally, everyone listens to the podcast. He only got rostered in 29.8% more of ESPN leagues. Mm -hmm. Like we caused all that, yes, but we should have caused like 70%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, come on, guys. You need to listen to our advice. We know that. Why do only 30% of people in ESPN leagues listen to our podcast? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Jeez. All right. Well, yeah, you're right. You let us into Kalen Blosh, who's actually your number two pick. I love how you typed Salmon Ahmed instead of Salvin Ahmed. Autocorrect. <laughs> Autocorrect. All right. Anyway, Kalen Balash has had 33 carries. He's actually had, um, how many touches has he had? That's a more important. 40 touches in the last two games. Troy Main Pope may not be back. Um, next week, Austin Eckler is not going to be back next week. Uh, jo Justin Jackson's not going to be back for the next couple of weeks. And Joshua Kelly has just not done anything. Um, oh no, Troy Main Pope was actually active. Yeah, so, he I was. Mean, he's beaten out Tro Joshua Kelly and Pope and Jackson's out two more weeks. So, I mean, I, if Eckler may come back week 12 or week 13, 
But you see, you only get Belash for maybe one or two more games, but he gets the Jets next week. So you got to pick him up. And we told you to pick him up last week and you didn't. And now he's rostered in 29.9% of ESPN leagues up from 29.8 or up from 0.1 a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's like not enough rostered. So actually, Chris, uh-huh. why don't you lead into your number four? Cause he's different than mine. Yeah. So mine, if you guys didn't catch that, my number two is Kalen Belash. My number three is Salvin Ahmed. Definitely like Salmon Ahmed. Or yeah. Stay Ahmed. <laughs> My fourth is uh, Josh Reynolds, and he's just really been getting a huge target share. He had eight catches on ten targets. He led uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cups in Cooper Cup in targets. He had and more yards than both of them combined. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, teams are still going to continue to play Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as the big guy, but if Jared Goff continues to look to Josh Reynolds, he's going to continue to score fantasy points. Match up with the number three corner. That's great for him. Um, he's another one of those, like, like I said, there are wide receiver threes that can have value and exactly like guys like Josh Reynolds that really do. And so, uh, I think that he's definitely worth a flyer. Wide receivers are a little bit more deep, so you might not be considering it too much, but definitely if you're a little bit weaker there, or if you just want to take a nice little flyer, I mean, he could definitely work his way up in the role and maybe he could even mm-hmm. catch a touchdown. It's definitely worth a possible look at a start, especially if you are really feeling risky. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I just think he's a good ad. And then I guess I'll just do my fifth since he's another wide receiver. It's Michael Pittman Jr. Seven catches for 101 yards in his first game back from leg surgery. No, his third. But like you know, he 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 was good in his second, bad in his first, and great in his third. So like he's he's gonna be fine. No, but this is his first game back from injury, right? No, it's his third. His first game didn't really count in my book. His second game was okay, and his third game was really good. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just pro- progressed up that depth chart, and uh, we know that. Um, Philip Rivers hadn't really found that guy, you know, he, he, he tried T.Y. Hilton. Hilton. <laughs> yeah, he tried T.Y. Hilton and then determined that T.Y. Hilton definitely isn't a top 20 receiver. Exactly. Taking a shot at myself there. <laughs> Wait, did and you then, have uh, him in his top 20? And then he tried Zach Pascal a little bit. Even tried Trey Burton. None yeah. of them really worked. Chris, actual tape of you preseason, definitely top 20, maybe top 15 T.Y. Hilton. Actually, you had him as t- 25, so never mind. Yeah, but uh, anyways, you know. So I think that he's <laughs> going to continue to carve out a role in that offense. And Phil Rivers, I feel like he's always had one guy that he's been able to throw to. That guy's never been too great. Keenan Allen was never anything super special. But, I, I mean, if Michael Pittman fits into a Keenan Allen role, you're golden. And he has yet to catch a touchdown pass and is still putting up good numbers. Definitely worth a pickup. I like how you ranked Brian Edwards as number 47. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, I mean you were like right though. Both of these guys are good, but because the waiver wire is so strong, uh, strong this week, these guys shouldn't even be on the waiver wire. But like you know, like Jacoby Myers is for some reason still on the waiver wire, even after he was insane last week. Nikhil Harry came back. People don't really realize because he wasn't targeted, or either that he didn't he didn't catch catch any passes. Myers had five catches against the Ravens secondary. I really. Really like that. Cam Newton threw for his first touchdown since week three, which is the saddest stat I've ever heard in my mm-hmm. life. But, like, you know, I, I think it's Jacoby Myers, even just with his yards, can do enough, be the number four guy. And the number five guy, I, I'm re- leaving out Josh Reynolds because I'm sort of waiting and seeing on him. But Darnell Mooney, he could shoot up. Like, this is recorded before Monday Night Football. I expect Darnell Mooney to – I don't expect it, but I think he might have a big game this tonight. If Darnell Mooney has a big game – Put him ahead of Jacoby Myers in my waiver wire for sure. It's very close right now. I just like Myers' floor a little bit better. But I think Darnell Mooney could 
definitely have a very big game. And all these guys are owned in about 30% or less. So it definitely meets our criteria of 40% or less. So, and mm-hmm. let's talk about our sleepers who are both owned in 2.6% or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is Cam Sims, guys. You might not have even heard of this name before, but under Alex Smith, he has been great. I mean, I watch him uh, – I, I, or, well, I didn't watch him, but I was just going through and watching the highlights for all the different games. And Cam Sims just continues to catch pass after pass – Gets so many deep balls uh, in week nine, and then he was able to catch a few and get 74 yards in week 10. That's huge. I mean, if Alex Smith develops that connection with him as the wide receiver two in a football team offense that hasn't looked too great until Alex Smith came along, and he's really provided that spark at the quarterback position. He threw for, I think, over 350 yards, right, Calvin? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. And yeah, Cam Sims, he came out of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, it's definitely, he's not anything special, and definitely don't consider him if you or deep at wide receiver, don't consider dropping him for someone like, I mean, if you already have Michael Pittman or Josh Reynolds, but if you really are looking for someone and maybe you're even someone that you know has a, you have a very good chance at the playoffs, you kind of have some handcuffs or not handcuffs, don't drop your handcuffs, but uh, you have some guys that you were kind of waiting on to break out. It might be a little bit better still, but you just don't really feel like they're going too many places. Maybe even someone like AJ Green, you know, who just hasn't done too much enough. I'd consider dropping him for Cam Sims. It's definitely an interesting pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sleeper is actually KJ Handler, who has two straight games of 10 targets, only owned in 2.6% of ESPN leagues, only caught 10 of those tar- or 10 of those 20 targets. But I mean, the target share is enough to for me to put him as a sleeper. And like he's been almost as good as he's been about as good as guys like Darnell Mooney and Jacoby Myers, almost as good as those guys. And yet he's not owned in very many leagues at all. So, like, I'm, I've been really impressed with KJ Hamler. And, uh, I mean, even though I like Tim Patrick, too, I think they can both produce in that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. All right. Anyway, um, ba-da-bum, 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 ba-da-bum. I don't know why I did that. Is it time <laughs> for the credits? Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
He's also on injured reserve. Uh, he was actually placed on injured reserve, season-ending injured reserve, so he's out for the year. So Bonifon, Davis, and McCaffrey could all miss it, meaning that former Jet Trenton Cannon will be the starter next oh, week. Oh, no. Waiver oh, no. wire ad, Trenton Cannon! Even if he's starting, don't even Wait, could you hear the banging in the background? Yeah. No, I'm getting uh, – it's Trenton Cannon. Uh, it's going to be actually probably a timeshare with – watch it be Alex Armand instead. Yeah, that's the thing. Alex Armand has the saddest way totals too risky this week. To start a fourth or stringer the, because the moment they start playing bad, they could put in the fifth stringer and he could No, do no, better. this is Alex Armand's points. 0.1, I just love how he's had so many games where he scored points. He has two receptions for negative five yards last week. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess the other guys that show up here for me are Marcus Murphy and Rodney Smith, Smith but I don't really think they have much going on. Actually, um, no, he actually rushed three times for 13 yards and caught a pass last week. Um, so Smith, I guess it look. Yeah, Davis came back into the game. I don't know. Is that's weird? Okay, just Trenton Cannon, Alex Armand, Rodney Smith. Keep them in mind. Mm-hmm. Trenton yeah. Cannon is the only one of those I have heard of. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, you can follow. I said you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, find our live show. S-P-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash SG Sports Talk. Follow us on Twitter at SG Sports Talk. Email us secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, f- look at our website, sites.google.com slash view slash secondandgoalfantasy. For our preseason rankings and articles, that's about it. Also, mm-hmm. Chris Paul got traded to the Suns. Hello, are you there? You, you tuned out once I said basketball. What? I said Chris Paul got traded to the Suns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we don't. We never talk about anything except fantasy football on this show. If you want to hear more, like, we do play-by-play on our Second Goal Sports Talk channel. We have a weekly sports talk show about all sports. We'll be talking about Chris Paul. He's going mm-hmm. to the Phoenix Suns, who went 8-0 and in the bubble. Oh, yeah. boy, that's a good mm-hmm. team right there. Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Uh, I'll give you guys my early opinion. I think it was a bad trade for the Suns. but uh, who? Wait, what? I didn't see what they gave up. They gave up too much, in my opinion. What did they give up? I don't know. We'll, we'll read it. That's where you – no, you guys have to go find it. <laughs> they out. gave up too much in his opinion. Where did well, they no, give I, up? I read about it. I read about it. I just remember thinking it was too much. But, uh, guys, a little cliffhanger. To find out what they gave up and what our opinions are on it, go check out our second angle sports On Saturday channel. from 7 to 8 yeah, p.m. We'll Eastern on, time. It on Saturday. So make sure to be tuned, tune in for that. You guys will get to find out the answer. Also, you can find our podcast on – Drastic cliffhanger. You definitely can't go look up who they traded for, but uh, yeah, you exactly. have to watch the show. Also, you can find us on TuneIn. You should probably download mm-hmm. over there. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And wait, should we go now? I guess we we'll have see to. you guys next time. Goodbye. You'll see you next time.